What's up, everyone? You're listening to The Roz Project. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and I'm your host. On this podcast, we discuss entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech and marketing. And as always, it's 100% real, raw, and unfiltered. Today, I have a very special guest on the podcast. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you will know that I don't just bring on anybody. So today, I have Chris Bello. And Chris uh, originally took the traditional route. He got his college degree, worked in the oil and gas making industry, making good money. And then he quit to pursue entrepreneurial ventures. Spent a lot of time uh, in money trying to create a fitness supplement container and basically ran out of money. Uh, Then he pivoted into real estate where he's now an investor, a real estate agent in the Houston, Texas area. And he also has a podcast that he's very passionate about called the Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast. Chris, what's going on, my man? What's going on? Thanks so much for having me on the show. Hey, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, okay, ran out of money, try to go <laughs> the entrepreneurial route. You know, sounds like a very familiar story. And what I mean by that is someone like me who yeah. ran out of money and did the same <laughs> shit. So, okay, let's let's turn turn back the hands of time here a little bit and let's talk about why, why is Chris doing what he's doing today? Okay, so why is Chris doing what he's doing today? That's a good question. And whenever I'm telling people my story, it's funny because it basically starts when I graduate from college. Everything else is just me going through what society tells me to do, middle school, high school, college, um, join a couple of clubs, whatever. So I graduated from college and I got the traditional oil and gas job in Houston, Texas. Energy's big out here. Thought that's what I was supposed to do. And about three and a half years in, I started wondering like, okay, I got a couple promotions. I finished this prestigious rotation program that's supposed to groom me for management. And I was just not happy. And then of course I read a couple books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then I was like, man, I got to break out of this cubicle. You know, I, I was plotting my escape. And I started to wonder what life could be like outside of the cubicle. And that's what got this whole journey started of me reading. I got way more books than just this um, on the shelf. I'm starting to build up my bookshelf if you guys are watching the video on YouTube. But I've listened to so many podcasts. I started a podcast. Um, Audible account is just the scroll bar so tiny from all the books that I've gone through and listened to. And I just wanted to pursue a life of freedom and living on my own terms. So that's kind of what landed me in the whole, let me quit my job, perhaps a little bit prematurely, to jump into some kind of idea, which is what got me to the fitness product that I first lost all my money on. <laughs> yeah. So very interesting story, man, is, you know, um, fulfillment is something that I think a lot more people nowadays are looking for. Absolutely. Um, you know, the reality of things is 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. So you, you get up, most Americans get up in the morning and they battle traffic just so they can go work for a paycheck that, that they barely, that they're broke afterwards. That's right. Crazy. Right. And meaning that you pay your mortgage, you put gas in the tank, you put food on the table, you pay Car your payment. <laughs> exactly. And then you're fucking broke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot more Americans, I mean, we're seeing this in a, such a disruptive market now that a lot more Americans are becoming more cognizant of that problem that, you know what? Yes, it is, you know, a hundred times, a million times harder to go out and pursue something that you're passionate about, something different that you, you, you have fulfillment in than to just work for a paycheck, right? And that's right. kind of what you did is like, I guess you really kind of took a leap of faith 
on on something not knowing what what that was going to result in and then you flopped completely running out of money <laughs> what was going through your head at that time yeah so that was a, a hard hard lesson i guess I listen to a lot of other podcasts. I know we probably listen to some similar people like Andy Frisella, for example, MFCEO mm-hmm. Project. He talks about how this generation were kind of soft and a lot of people grow up thinking they're little snowflakes that are super talented and smart. And I definitely fell into that category. I would always, I love my parents. You know, they always supported me, said I was the best. You're great. I probably got participation trophies all the way throughout my life. And I kind of grew up thinking like, okay, I'm smart. I'm smarter than the average person. I went to a good college prep high school and then I went to a great um, college. So I always thought in my head like, okay, I'm super smart. I'm going to figure this out really quickly. As soon as I quit, I had it all timed out in my head. The manufacturing is going to be done at this date. I'm going to start selling. Things are going to be great. I didn't anticipate that there would be some issues. Like it took an entire year before we got the tooling after we gave the green light to the manufacturers. So I was sitting there on my hands for a year um, waiting for the tooling with, of course, no real source of income. So as that, and I also invested quite a bit in the tooling as well as a patent attorney and stuff. So that kind of expedited the burn rate of my cash. Mm -hmm. Um, So when it kind of flopped or when I basically ran out of money and was like, okay, the numbers aren't working out here. I'm not going to be doing too well in a couple months if this keeps up. That's when I kind of, was humbled tail between my legs a little bit. Like, okay, let me put this aside. I literally, I have a prototype of the product here on my desk. That's like almost there, but still has a couple defects. And the only answer was to put in more money, which I did not have. So I kind of had to regroup, learn from my lessons and figure out, okay, what am I going to focus on next that can start generating income today? Something that's like a service based industry. And that's kind of how I fell into real estate. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you know, one of the things that you were talking about here that, so the, this podcast, the, the listener base for this podcast is mainly a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of people yeah. that feel like they're confined <clears throat> in their current status quo. And they're trying to figure out how to change that status quo. Some people are really stuck. They're just like, you know, doing the square dance and some are like, <laughs> you know what, I'm, I'm going to risk everything I got, you know, yeah. because that's yeah. better than doing the same shit that I've been doing. And I've even seen people that, you know, have been working at jobs for like 20 years, you know, and they finally understand that, you know, this is a new dawn, right? And and they, they, they really go all in. So what was really interesting that you were talking about is this that, so 96% of entrepreneurs fail in the first four years. Fail yeah. as in a vast majority of those people fail to the point where they run out of money, they go bankrupt, and they're stuck. Basically, and then it's on to like, what's the next idea, right? Right. So, right. you did this 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 fitness product, right? That you invested in, which was a failure. And by the way, I wouldn't call it a failure, but I would call it an experience because yeah, <laughs> an, an entrepreneurial. <laughs> exactly, an experiment. Exactly. And then you kind of sort of had a, a mind shift, right? To where, like, what I guess kind of pushed you into the real estate space. Yeah, so real estate, I mean, I've always I've always known that real estate's a great investment. You hear, I don't know what the statistic is, like 90 plus percent of the world's wealthy people got it through real estate, sitting on land, acquiring assets, um, you know, buying up into bigger asset classes. But everyone typically starts off with a regular single family home, moves up to duplexes, triplexes, and then eventually apartment complexes and maybe even some commercial buildings. 
So I just thought there was a period of time there when I was kind of running out of money. Like, do I go back and get an oil and gas job? And I had posted it all over social media that I was going to do this invention. And then I was kind of like, you know, backtracking to try to see if I might get a job. But right. then I decided, you know, what if I just completely reinvent myself and just start posting about it and say, Hey, I'm going to be in real estate now. If you guys have any questions, reach out to me. And I started researching, you know, YouTube university started researching different strategies, came across one called wholesaling. If you ever see those signs, like we buy houses, off market deals, things like that. And um, I joined a team in Houston to learn from them. They'd been doing it for seven years, got my foot in the door, made a lot of great connections. And then within a year I got my real estate license. And now I'm kind of like free agent, solo working, working different leads and aspects every single day. I think I went to three networking events just yesterday alone, meeting with investors, clients, had lunch um, with a client today, got another appointment in the evening. So it's been really fun just to, to keep myself busy in the real estate game is very uh, people oriented. So you're always talking to sellers, to clients, to buyers, which I love as opposed to sitting behind a desk and just working in Excel all day, which is what I did in my job. <laughs> right? I got very, very bored very fast. Yeah. Well, isn't that the truth, right? And can totally yeah. relate to that. It wasn't really a cubicle job, but you know, spending 13 years in the agency world and technically I was confined to a computer basically. Right, right. Uh, even though I had flexibility in my job and, and, and it was great. I mean, it, mind you is, you know, uh, the, the income was definitely lucrative, but you know, you yeah. come to a point to where it's like, I'm, I'm actually sacrificing majority of my life for doing things. Yeah. For a paycheck for someone else. It's, it's crazy. It's not my dreams. It's not my goals. It's not my vision. I'm helping someone else execute on their vision. And yeah. look, I'm all for helping people. But in that aspect of things, I'm sorry, but me takes priority. <laughs> it, it's so funny, like what you said, that you were helping someone else build their dreams. And then I guess entrepreneurs, maybe it's like a little gene or a trait that we have that's kind of suppressed because so many people, they guide you towards working your Seth Godin talks about this in his um, in some of his books as well. We're like a cog in the machine, and when we start thinking about this, we're like we want to take ownership of our lives and have the creativity, right? It's so fun to to be the person to help you know create a logo or your own website. You get to design what your podcast cover looks like. You have so much more freedom than if you're working for quote unquote the man who's like ah you know half of your ideas they just immediately throw away, saying that it's not gonna it's not worth even pursuing which is really disheartening. Right. Right. No, that's absolutely true. You know, entrepreneurship is difficult. Um, there is, there's so many unforeseen things in entrepreneurship and it's really just one giant risk. And um, I was reading something not too long ago, yeah. just really about entrepreneurship and, and really kind of what the modern day explanation of it is based on what, you know, Google, you know, says out there. And, it talked about calculated risk that, you know, entrepreneurs take calculated risk. And I'm like, to be honest with you, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but I never even thought about a calculated risk. It was just a risk. It was just jump in. <laughs> yeah. It was just literally just jump in and, 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 and do it because you've got this, you know, you've, you, you've got this, this belief that, you know, uh, you're passionate about something, you enjoy doing something, you think that you're doing it better than everybody else. And you're kind of hung up on this wild idea almost. Now, you know, 
Uh, one thing that I have learned too over the years, uh, specifically, is this that uh, you know, if if I was to to go back in time and start a business again, I would probably take a slightly different approach uh, because you know you live and, and learn basically yeah. and. I've even shared this with some people also that are just getting into entrepreneurship that, you know, there's multiple ways, you know, to start a business, you know, um, you know, some people want to have that comfort of, you know, I get some venture capital and I can use that for operational costs, you know, to pay myself because you got to pay yourself I mean, investing your own time. I didn't know that starting out is, you know, invest, investing your own time, uh, investing, um, uh, your own resources and you got to be able to compensate yourself for that because uh, you need money to live. And anybody that tells you that that's not true is full of shit because uh, they're making you believe that you're going to live on nothing. Right. And it just doesn't, you know, that, that, that's not how this, this really works. And so that's probably, um, that's probably, you know, one of the different things that I would have probably done is, you know, sought some venture capital probably to alleviate some of the tension, especially since, you know, being a father, being a husband, you know, uh, and, and being a head of household, you know, that can really, really take a toll on you. Yeah, and you've got to perform to put that food on the table, right? Exactly. You have to it's perform. To you. Yeah. Exactly. And if you don't perform, then you suffer. And, you know, let's just face it. There's suffering is suffering, right? Yeah. And, 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 and you come to a point where you realize, and that's actually what I wanted to ask you is, so as you pivoted over into real estate and, you know, you, you were unsuccessful with your per first product, that kind of give, gave you a glimpse into, well, you know, this entrepreneurship maybe isn't such a wild idea. You probably had some skepticism, right? You were like, I don't know if this is a good fit. You know, I'm right. losing money. I'm not making money. So like what, as you moved into real estate, you know, reinventing yourself, what was kind of the motivator behind like going into real estate for you? That's a good question. So obviously real estate, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of wealth is associated with it. And I was thinking, okay, I want to learn sales. I want to get into sales. I didn't have a sales background. I was more like this. I studied supply chain. So I knew analyzing pricing and negotiating with suppliers on getting discounts and stuff like that. But I knew that I wanted to transition to sales because so many successful people, you hear like the Grant Cardones and even Robert Kiyosaki, he's like, my, books, my book doesn't say best written book, it's best selling book, you have to know how to sell. And right. I figured, hey, what's the, what are the biggest commission items out there? It's automobiles usually and real estate. And I started looking at some of the commissions and I've got like my little whiteboard over here showing some of the commissions on some of these these houses, you know, 3% of a $400,000 house um, after like my broker splits and a couple of like transaction coordinators, that's like a $4,800 check right there. Um, or even if you do a wholesale transaction, typically in Houston, the average um, profit on that is about $10,000 spread. And the, the biggest deal I had done, I was with that team at the time. So it was kind of like a split that we negotiated. That was a $32,000 check that was in our pocket within two weeks of me getting the lead to when we found a buyer who was gonna flip the property. So honestly, I, I do wanna help people, but I kinda got into it selfishly because I thought of it as a way to get some big ticket sales. Yeah, well, <clears throat> money is definitely a part, right? Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs talk about 
purpose, um, they talk about uh, dreams and goals. But, you know, in the reality of things is money is also an essential part. It's kind of money is the grease to the wheels. If you don't have it, you can't you can't really do anything. And so it's interesting you said money as in a way basically being a motivator. Right. Because after I ran out of it, too, I was like, okay, I understood that I needed it. Mm -hmm. I felt it more. Versus when I quit the oil and gas job, I had 60K in the bank, right? I was like comfortable. I didn't have to think twice to swipe my card or whatever to pay it um, for skydiving certification. I paid 2,500 bucks up front. Wasn't even a second thought. And then afterwards, I kind of felt the pinch again of like, oh man, I've kind of put myself in a tough spot here where I've got no, no source of income and I'm starting to feel the pain of not having money. I got accustomed to having it, right? So it took a little bit of a shifting in my, in my thought process of let me focus on this again, because it is important to, like you said, grease the wheels. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good point. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, you know, as, so how long have you been doing the real estate thing right now? The real estate thing I'm coming up on two years. Okay. Okay. And then prior to the real estate thing, how long were you trying to make the uh, fitness uh, product work? I was trying to make that work probably for a little over the year while I was waiting for the tooling to come out. Mm-hmm. But that, that was the bottleneck, the tooling, because I, I couldn't really, it was like the chicken and the egg situation, right? I had, I have a 3D prototype here. It's like completely mm-hmm. 3D printed. And I was going around showing this to people before I had the finished prototype. And it, they could get an idea of what it looked like, but it's not quite the same as being like, okay, we're manufacturing ready. So I couldn't really pre-sell very easily to these supplement stores or get any feedback because they're like, show me when you have the finished product. So I kind of was sitting on my hands, like I mentioned earlier, waiting for the tooling. Um, And then in that meantime, I tried a bunch of other things to make some kind of cash, right? I tried the Mm -hmm. whole garage sale flipping, put a book on Amazon with the sole purpose of making money. So I never really sold any copies really. Um, Sold a few, but nothing to write home about. so I was very scattered, right? I was trying anything that would make a dollar to try to pay bills and maybe go on like a couple of vacations, right? Right. Then- well, the reason I asked this is because I think a lot of people don't understand that in entrepreneurship, there's a lot of experimentation. You know, so there much. Isn't, <laughs> I mean, there, there isn't like an instant gratification, right? Um, right. And there really isn't in anything. It's just the difference between being an entrepreneur and doing something that you love doing that you're passionate uh, about and working the nine to five is just that one has consistency. So getting that paycheck every two weeks, right? right. Or, or once a month, however frequently you get paid. And the unfortunate part about uh, the world that we live in is just that everything is basically based around that. When you think about it is when you get a loan, you know, or you get a mortgage, everything is based on paying it within a, a certain time, right? Everything is based on time. Now, in entrepreneurship, I will tell you this is just that cash flow consistency is probably one of the hardest things to accomplish mm-hmm. to where, really you know, you've is. got, yeah, where you've got, you know, uh, cash flow, uh, you know, happening on a consistent basis and, that's what a lot of people don't understand because I mean, at the height of entrepreneurship right now, everybody's an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Uh, especially on Instagram social media. entrepreneurs. Yeah. Instagram entrepreneurs. Let me take a, a, you know, a picture with the Lambo that I don't own that I saw at the, the car show <laughs> or at the car show. Right. Yeah. Um, type of shit that you have. And, and 
Nasha said is this, you know, reality can be very harsh in entrepreneurship. You know, what happens, you know, um, in closed doors when nobody sees, you know, when nobody sees you on social media, when nobody sees you on Instagram, Facebook. And personally, I'm, I'm a huge attention guy, but at the same time, a lot of people don't know the risk, the sacrifices, the daily blows that I have to withstand in everything. And it's yeah. literally everything. I mean, just, you know, last, let's see, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, last four days have been great because I closed new business. But at the same time, today alone, I've had two major blows that I got to figure out how to mitigate. And, you know, people don't understand. And then when I kind of extrapolate this, I'm like, okay, I got to deal with, you know, major costs with my kids' daycare. I got to deal with these problems also, you know, finances and this and this and this. And I'm actually surprised I haven't lost my fucking mind, honestly. And <laughs> I feel you. I'm, I'm there with you. Exactly. I mean, I don't have the family. I don't have like kids yet, but random expenses that come up or, you know, things right. that you're not prepared for and maybe your cash flow is not looking so great. Like it, where am I going to come up with the money? Is it going to go on the credit card and just add to the debt? You know? Um, so I totally understand where you're coming from of feeling the ups and the downs. It's really a roller coaster by the hour. You could have an amazing morning. And then by the afternoon, you're like, oh, this day just went to hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's just it. And that's the hardest part is, yeah. you know, um, uh, and I've shared kind of my story out online. That's not what this is about. But I kind of want to shift things a little bit because I wanted to hear from your perspective, obviously, as another entrepreneur who, you know, you've, you, you've taken a stab at doing something because you believed in it, building this prototype product didn't work. And then you kind of pivoted into real estate because real estate sounded like a cool thing to do because, you know, it's an investment. You can make money in it. Obviously, you, you got to adapt. You got to grow into it in order to become good at it. But yeah. that's like anything else is that you're not going to be the best, you know, cyclist. I'm a cyclist. You know, I've been cycling for four years. I'm not going to be the best cyclist, you know, for, I don't know, maybe I never will be until I actually master that. But that's mm. just said is practicality helps you become better at what you do. So the one thing I wanted to ask, obviously, you know, uh, uh, from someone like you who's getting into, you know, you've gotten into real estate space now, you've been doing it for a little while, entrepreneurship, like what are some of the lessons that you learned in your journey over the last, you know, three to five years? That's a really good question. I would say since, since my story started off with me being so scattered and trying to sell crap on Amazon and eBay and go to garage sales while making this product and putting a book up, the advice that I always give to people is to get very focused And a, a book that helped me with that is called The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, I believe. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, maybe Papasan or something. But the one thing talks about getting very, very crystal clear. Like what is the one thing that you need to do in your life or in your business that if you accomplish that one thing alone, everything else would take care of itself. And for example, one of my goals for 2020, I want to close 35 transactions, buy or sell. If I, if I can get that one thing done, a lot of my other previous goals that I had in 2019 that were a little redundant, like travel to two international countries and, you know, skydive like 20 times, those things all require money like we talked about earlier. So my one thing is to close X number of deals this year. So that would, be, that would be one thing is to get focused and get very crystal clear on what it is that you want. Another thing that a lot of books talk about that you're like, yeah, yeah, that's common sense, but a lot of people don't do is to align yourself with mentors, with people who are already where you want to be. And don't just try to take from them, try to add value to them however you can. So 
I mentioned I was at a few real estate events this week. I was hanging out rubbing shoulders with a, a real estate broker who does $25 million in sales a year. I'm shadowing another agent right now, taking some of her online leads and helping her with that. So I'm adding value to her to monetize leads that she doesn't have the time to get to. And she does 20 million a year. I think she made like 500 grand last year in commissions. So surround yourself with people who are willing to pull you up and give you advice, but you have to add value to them as well so that they can bring you into their circle. And I'd say those two things alone, those are enough to get you to where you want to go because you're surrounding yourself with people who have been there and done that and can instruct you instead of just motivate you to get those steps done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, those are some really, really good points. Um, Chris really enjoyed this conversation, man. Um, yeah, man. you know, having you on here and, and talking about, uh, your experience, talking about your journey, um, in closing, you know, let's, let's tell people if they want to reach out to you, connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. Thanks, Ivan. So you guys can reach me on Instagram. My handle is Chris Bello, C-H-R-I-S-B as in boy, E-L-L-O-0-9. And then you can check out my podcast, the Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast. Usually I'm more active on Instagram than other platforms. So if you guys have any questions or you want me to cover any topics on my podcast as well, feel free to shoot me a DM. And of course, I'm going to have you on my show as well here soon, Ivan. So we'll be able to dive into your world and ask you some questions too. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much, man. Really uh, a pleasure uh, to have you on. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you again so much for uh, taking the time. Yeah. Thanks so much. Look forward to talking to you again here soon.